the Incremental to Exponential podcast. Hello and welcome to the podcast series from Capita, where we explore how big companies can innovate to survive and grow. I'm Justine Green, and each time we'll be meeting a special business guest to hear their story and opinion on our theme. We're also joined by Vivek Guadua and Ishmael Amla, authors of the new book From Incremental to Exponential, How Large Companies Can See the Future and Rethink Innovation. Vivek is a technology entrepreneur and academic based in Silicon Valley. Hello, Vivek. Hi there. <laughs> and Ishmael is Capita's Chief Growth Officer in London. Hi, Ishmael. Hi, Justine. And I'm pleased to welcome our guest, Dob Todorov, CEO and Chief Cloud Officer of HeliCloud. Hello, Dob. Uh, hello, Justine, and uh, thank you very much for having me uh, uh, and for, for the invite to this podcast. Uh, I'm excited and honored to be joining you, Vivek, and uh, Ishmael on today's podcast. Pleasure to be here. Well, we're very pleased to have you. Now, before we talk about what you're doing now, just give us a run through of your background. I started very deep in the technology space with traditional uh, infrastructure. Uh, and I'm very passionate about uh, IT and a big believer uh, in the shift uh, from uh, products into services. Um, I'm also um, uh, someone who has worked for large uh, enterprise organizations as well as established the capital of startups. Um, I have established startups in the uh, professional services space and also uh, in the financial services and fintech space and uh, obviously HeliCloud um, in the uh, cloud services space today. But I've also worked for large enterprise organizations on the opposite end of the spectrum, uh, organizations such as HP, such as BT Global Services, uh, Visa, Accenture and Amazon Web Services themselves. Okay, well, in a nutshell, what does your business HeliCloud do? Um, HeliCloud is uh, a business that helps organizations of all sizes make the most of the uh, Amazon Web Services Cloud platform. Uh, in terms of features, in terms of security, compliance, governance, costs, performance, operational efficiency, uh, resilience. So we technically allow organizations to establish uh, cloud as their mainstream IT delivery platform. Ishmael and Vivek, what's been your experience of using the cloud for business? I mean, right now everyone is moving to the cloud. It's, it's, the, it's the big thing. If you're not in the cloud, it's almost like being left out. Now, one of the discussions I like to have is what's next, because, uh, uh, you know, the way I see things, that there could be another wave of disruptions which, which wipes out this entire cloud industry. I don't think the journey to cloud is over yet, Vivek, because uh, cloud as a technology has been, has been great, because essentially it says it allows uh, agility, flexibility, you don't have to commit to, you know, big technology in your own space. But I think the interesting thing has been the business models that it's allowed. Uh, and of course, during COVID, it may be the biggest single thing that allowed everybody to react the way they did. So what do you think is going to disrupt the cloud? If you look, watch the progression of technology, the cost of storage has been dropping exponentially. The fact is that uh, I ordered an 18 terabyte drive on, uh, uh, on Best Buy. There was a deal for $189. I was shocked that you can get 18 terabytes for $190, all right? So the cost of, uh, of storage is dropping exponentially. It's getting smaller. There are all sorts of new technologies coming there. Why did we move to the cloud? Because it was so damn difficult to manage data centers. I mean, uh, a terabyte used to be a 
big deal and you would have an entire data center to manage a terabyte of storage. Well, if I can get 18 terabytes and store it locally, why do I need to be shipping all the way across the world and, risk, and putting, having security risks to have my data being transferred all over the world? That's one type of disruption. Uh, if we look at, uh, for instance, the Amazon uh, Web Services platform, uh, storage is, is cheap, probably not as cheap as, uh, uh, as uh, what you're talking about here, but at the same time, You've got so many different storage options that uh, you are really in a position to uh, uh, to create uh, information lifecycle management pipelines and uh, move data across various different levels. And the beauty of you being able to store large amounts of data in the cloud is not just in the cost of data, it is in what you do with passive data as well, in how you can ingest such data that you are archiving in the cloud, however, start to analyze it run uh, artificial intelligence and uh, machine learning um, inference uh, against it and, uh, and come up with wisdom which is hidden somewhere deep in this data as well. Cloud is a really great concept when we can consolidate all the storage, uh, compute database and networking facilities in one single location so that we can benefit from the economies of scale and the rich ecosystem of, of services. But uh, if, uh, if we detach storage from the cloud, clearly some of these benefits are no longer going to be there. Ishmael, some people might be unaware of what a huge part AWS is of the Amazon business. Yeah, not only the Amazon business, actually, the platform economy, when we start thinking about innovation and Netflix and Airbnb, that is powered by Amazon Web Services. Amazon Web Services also powers some of our more traditional business and institutions like the Ministry of Justice. And I think there's two or three things that to, to be aware of. One is um, it powers this whole economy that's come up, the platform economy. Secondly, it really powers Amazon itself. It's about 12, the last quarter, it was about 12% of revenue, but 57% of operating income. And then the third thing, it has taken massive market share. I think it's got currently about a third of the market share in the world. Probably the combined power of Microsoft, IBM, and Google is probably not the same market share that Amazon uh, Web Services provides. So it is a significant player, not only for Amazon, but all mostly for the new industries. And Vivek, would you say that cloud computing has become a much more reliable path for business innovation? Yes, it has. And uh, it's a way to go. I mean, right now, it doesn't make sense to have your own data centers because you can get much better services and much better security through uh, uh, platforms such as AWS or Microsoft. There, there, there are a number of, of solid competitors, all of which should be considered. All right, let's talk about the growth of cloud usage and innovation next. Dob, how much would you say the acceleration of cloud usage recently has been down to COVID? Cloud is, um, is, is very, very uh, simple in terms of adoption and uh, I think the levers that uh, we have seen in the context of COVID um, a, a, a very similar. Cloud has, uh, for the last 10 years at least, uh, been the most secure, most compliant, uh, most cost-efficient uh, platform for uh, running applications of all sizes. But organizations have been somewhat reluctant. Sometimes that was because they had already had some costs and uh, investment in existing on-premises infrastructure. Sometimes it was because of security and compliance concerns. Sometimes it was uh, pure inertia and lack of leadership when it comes to transformation and 
um, and moving workloads to the cloud, uh, there were always various reasons and in objective terms, cloud was still the best platform for all types of enterprise workloads. Looking more broadly at transformation, Ishmael and Vivek, is one of the most difficult challenges for companies, the fact that innovation is perpetual with no clear end. That's the name of the game. And, you know, Justine, I, 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 when I listened to uh, Dob and I listened to Ismail talking about the virtues of um, cloud computing, I agree that these are uh, this is what needs to be done right now. But when we talk about the pandemic, I worry about the next type of disruption. The pandemic came out of nowhere. No one expected it. What if, uh, you know, Russia decided to cut all the undersea cables? and disrupt internet access? Or what if there was some uh, uh, other disruption which caused our connectivity to stop for a few minutes? Worldwide, entire businesses would come to their knees. Advanced technology, just like Dob described, the cost keeps dropping, the quality keeps improving, you know, features keep improving. That's how exponential technologies go. The next exponential technology is already in development right now, and they will disrupt this one. Yeah, I mean, I, I go back to somebody, somebody very wise once said, and it might have been Vivek, that the, uh, the pace of change we're going through right now is the slowest pace of change we will experience for the rest of our career and our lives. Uh, um, but actually, you know, because it's perpetual, it's pervasive, it's pervasive, it's exponential. But uh, but the way you've, you've sort of framed it, Justine, I wouldn't in terms of it being a challenge. I would actually say that this falling cost of technology, minimization of components, so on, that Dob and Vivek have talked about, is actually causing the golden age of innovation. It's, it's going to allow us to do so much more to be able, everything we can dream, we can deliver sort of environment is going to come up. Well, let me ask all three of you, when it comes to cultural change, where have you seen organisations do well and overcome resistance? That's, uh, again, a great question. Uh, when it comes to Agile, um, it's, it's probably going to change working practices, but not necessarily change hierarchies, because it's still going to be the same team and your project structure may be different from, uh, from the organizational structure. Uh, but uh, absolutely, uh, cloud computing is, is going to change uh, the spectrum of jobs that we've got today big time. Many of the jobs that we've got today are not going to exist in five to ten years' time, and uh, there is a prediction that um, in uh, in ten years' time, twenty percent of the jobs are going to be completely new, which didn't even exist until today. How do you go to companies and say, okay, uh, you know, you go to the IT department and say, look, you're going to lose all these jobs. You're going to have to be retrained. All of the hierarchies you have, all the things you've done in the past don't work anymore. Yes, your CEO wants to move to cloud computing. He wants you to now be more agile, but it's going to mean that you're going to uh, have to lay off all these people and change the way you work. How do you persuade them to do that? Well, firstly, you can't persuade somebody to buy something they don't want. So... The, the organization itself needs to come to an understanding of what it needs to do. And, and that is, so whether it's us as a, somebody trying to sell somebody or, or whether it's a BT or whether it's a, a, an end user, there's a number of things, right? So there's a leadership issue around, and you know, is, is the leadership bought into what the future might look like? There's a culture issue. There is a incentive issue. There's a issue of do you separate innovation or do you have it as part of the culture? And you know we've talked about and Vivek and the team have done a lot of research on how it doesn't work uh, to to have separate innovation units to to do all of that. Large organisations who change successfully assume that everybody's an innovator. And actually, we can have the example of Amazon. So Amazon Prime, which was created by one guy. Uh, called Charlie Ward actually putting in something in the innovation uh, suggestion box that was read by Jeff Bezos is now a $10 billion business, $10 billion business. 
but it assumed that everybody has a good idea and the CEO is going to read it. That's a big cultural thing. Unless it comes right from the top, it ain't going to happen. So this is the key here, that companies are going to be decimated unless they understand technology is changing and the, and the economics are changing. And then from a culture point of view, you now have to have a spirit of innovation. You have to have employees realizing that they're part of the change, that they have to now you know, be recognized as the innovators, as the world changers, and uh, be allowed to participate in this. If you do some of these things, you have a good chance of transforming yourself and becoming the next trillion dollar company. Uh, I couldn't agree more, Vivek. Uh, I think it's uh, most of the challenges when it comes to cloud adoption today are really leadership challenges or the lack thereof as opposed to technology limitations types of challenges. So it takes a leader to disrupt one's own business, disrupt the way we've always been doing things and come up with something better and transcend uh, uh, the capabilities of your competitors and uh, the requirements of your customers. So it's a question of leadership indeed. And coming back to the cloud, Dob, has cloud innovation levelled the playing field for those who benefit from cloud usage? Oh, absolutely. And uh, that's one of the, the one of the big benefits of cloud as well. Uh, today, it doesn't really matter whether you're a large uh, international investment bank uh, with uh, huge uh, financial resources available to you uh, to build data centers or acquire software licenses, hardware, and anything else that you're going to need for a big project, or whether you are a two-person startup in Shoreditch. In either of these cases, you've got the AWS platform as well as other public cloud uh, platforms available at your fingertips. Uh, the level of democracy that cloud is introducing whereby the same capabilities at pretty much the same cost, the same security, compliance, performance and resilience, uh, resilience is available to everyone is a, is a critical factor here. So it's really a question of your ambitions and not uh, a question of your financial abilities anymore. And that, that's really uh, the importance of cloud. And Dob, from your experience of startups, what can large organisations learn from them? I think it's, it's very important for large organisations to learn to disrupt their own business models before a startup uh, uh, disrupts their business models. It, it's much better if you can reinvent yourself, as uh, Vivek mentioned earlier, the ability to, to find inefficiencies in what you're doing, the ability to push beyond what you have been able to do and continuously uh, disrupt uh, your own business is going to be very important for large enterprise organizations going forward. And that's, I think, a critical skill that we need to learn. Vivek and Ishmael, how crucial is it for organisations to be adopters of the latest cloud technology to deepen relationships with customers and survive? It's everything. I mean, really, um, you know, as we've seen with the pandemic, change is happening faster than we ever imagined and everything gets disrupted before you know it. If you recognise the changes that are coming, if you see, see, see the opportunities, you have to look at those trends. So you've got to recognise that, you have to see what, what your customers need and be ahead of it. If you do it, you win. Otherwise, you're toast. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about the interaction between cloud technology and data getting, uh, us understanding data more. I was reading that, uh, I think we all know that most of the data has been created, I think 92% in the last two years. And also that only 10 to 15% of data is actually looked at. The rest of it isn't. And I think this idea that to bring the cloud to the user through this edge technology, which doesn't depend on huge networks, doesn't depend on all sorts of latency, I think will allow uh, organizations to do a lot more with data. 
unless you're thinking about changing the business model, somebody else will do it. And I think data will be one big driver in that space. And finally, Dob, what's coming up in terms of the next generation of cloud technology? Yeah, that's a great uh, question. I, I wish I knew and uh, continue to build uh, our business around that. Um, if we look at uh, some of the more immediate trends, um, I think it would be uh, fair to say that uh, cloud native technologies are very trendy at the moment. And although they've been around for the last couple of years in terms of capabilities, it's still a question for many organizations to uh, uh, to recognize the fact that uh, uh, cloud-native applications are, uh, are the best way to uh, to run applications and uh, pretty much to convert the existing uh, application portfolio into such uh, types of applications. We also see uh, a software as a service gaining uh, significant momentum with uh, a lot of organizations, some of them uh, providing conventional ISV uh, types of products and uh, others uh, uh, perhaps uh, providing some type of uh, uh, consumer services, all of them switching to a software as a service model. And you can argue that services such as home delivery um, uh, have uh, pretty much been transformed into a software as a service type of model. Um, uh, I've also got a GPS tracker for my dog, believe it or not, it's a software as a service type of application as well. Everything that we do in our modern life is, uh, is probably going to be using a software service system somewhere um, and uh, uh, API interfaces are going to, to allow us to uh, interconnect such systems and uh, make intelligent decisions and orchestrate our lives uh, even better. Dob, it's been fascinating talking with you. Thanks very much for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. Pleasure. Well, that's it for this edition, but do subscribe to our series wherever you get your podcasts so you won't miss an episode. We'll be back soon with another special business guest. Until then, from me, Justine Green, Vivek, Ishmael and Dob, it's goodbye. The Incremental to Exponential podcast. Back soon.